0: Yo, I mean, damn. some idiot said that, right? Oh, great energy on both ends, you know, on the glass, we love it. I've been grinding for a year, practicing every day, watching film, watching the games, just dying to get out there. So today was real exciting. It was a real big step for me. This
1: meeting is being recorded.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. Got a very special episode for you today. Did something a little bit different, a little bit off the wall. Before we get to that, I do want to break down LSU's win over Sam Houston State on Monday. Tigers won 88-66. They've got more basketball ahead this week. Another tip-off tonight tonight. I say tonight, I'll release this on Wednesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Tigers will play UNO at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, and then they play again on Saturday, another home game for the Tigers uh, against, let me click on my schedule here. I should know this off the top of my head, North Texas. So it's a a busy week for LSU, three games, and basically five days, and then VCU coming up on Tuesday, which should be an interesting matchup, given Will Wade's history with VCU, as we all know. Speaking of Will Wade, I did uh, the 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 special part of this podcast is we did something new uh, for season ticket holders for LSU basketball season ticket holders. We did a live podcast taping, the very first live episode of Boot Up ever. It was all done virtually on Zoom. We had uh, quite a few ticket holders turn out and uh, and listen to Coach Wade live. Uh, we recorded it on Zoom. I cleaned it up, and you will be able to hear that interview in full. On the back end of this, it's very candid. Will Wade is always candid. He's especially candid with ticket holders and people that he has relationships with. And so he really opened up. We, we spoke more in big picture terms. It was uh, before the Sam Houston State game, but after the first four games uh, of the season. It was also before Will Wade, uh, it was announced that Will Wade had tested positive for COVID. He was in quarantine At the time, we talked a little bit about the quarantine process. It was before he had tested positive, though, so it didn't really affect the podcast itself. The positive test did affect LSU on Monday, though, in some regards, specifically Coach Wade not being there and watching from home. He did hop on a Zoom after to talk about it, um, so I do have some quotes from him. But Bill Armstrong took over for LSU, sat on the bench, led the charge for LSU in their 88-66 win. Uh, He spoke to the media afterwards, so i got some clips from him. And then uh, a couple of the star players, Javante Smart, who we'll talk about, Josh LeBlanc, who we will definitely talk about spoke after as well. So did Darius Days. So I got clips from all those guys. I'll start with my analysis of the game, and then we'll kind of work in the player and coach audio um, from the post game. First of all, it was a weird game um, for a number of reasons, <laughs> not the least of which was the head coach not being on the bench and an assistant coach leading the way. But it was an 11 a.m. Monday game. It was a... I wouldn't even call it a rescheduled game. It was a newly scheduled game after LSU couldn't go play South Florida because of uh, contact tracing. Uh, they were supposed to go play that game in Atlanta, so they kind of scrambled. I wouldn't say they scrambled. They had a plan, um, but they threw together this game against Sam Houston State. It was uh, it was weird because of, of that, it sort of being a, a lately scheduled game. It was weird because it was at 11 a.m. on a Monday, and so I walked over from my office rather than driving from home and went <laughs> and sat in the game and, and watched it and took it in from the media section. It was also weird because there were no fans allowed, um, simply because I, I think, uh, actually I know, I don't know why I said I think, because it was a lately scheduled game, and it was just easier to not have to uh, account for fans, especially in the COVID era where you have to do some some um, some extra security measures to keep things safe and, and uh, to keep things sanitized. So, No head coach, no fans, uh, 11 a.m. tip off. Uh, it was, it was a little unusual. There was also no trend Watford. Now, before you get panicked, like some people did on Twitter, coach Wade jumped on the zoom after said it was a very minor ankle injury. Trendon was there uh, in person. He was in a boot. People get nervous when they see a boot, uh, from, from what coach Wade said, it was just a sprain. They're just keeping that boot on there to keep things safe and precautionary. I wouldn't be shocked if Trendon Watford is back very soon. In and Watford's absence, in Will Wade's absence, somebody had to step up, right? And the person that stepped up was none other than Javante Smart. And Javante stepped up, um, as, as he's done all season, the way that he's playing right now is, is really incredible. He was at his best against Sam Houston State, 25 points and 11 of 15 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. He had a 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. And for me, the story of the game for LSU – Uh, as a team, as a collective unit, was the way they guarded, the way they played defensively. They did give up 66 points. They did give up eight three-pointers, but particularly in the second half, they really turned it on. Held Sam Houston to the 30% shooting from the field, just 14% from three after halftime, and uh, they also forced 20 turnovers on the game. This was the most effective we've seen LSU in the press, forcing turnovers, getting easy baskets. And a big reason for that was Josh Blanc, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Before I talk about him, I want to just give Javante Smart the love that he deserves for his start to the season. I just, right before we started recording, put his stats down on paper just so I could see them for myself. Through five games, is averaging 15.8 points per game, shooting 63% from the field, 56% from three, with 4.4 rebounds, 3.8 assists two-to-one assist to turnover ratio. Basically, the only thing he's not doing offensively is getting to the free throw line. He's only two of four from the line all year, but he hasn't had to get to the line because he's been so good everywhere else. And the three-point shooting to me is extremely encouraging. It's showing you that he's taking one good shot in the flow of the offense because really, in in the full LSU arsenal, the the attacking arsenal, he's probably the third offensive option, right? It's Cam Thomas and Trenton Watford are kind of your... One, two guys, and Javante's the third guy. And he's also not a a Tremont Waters type of facilitator that's going to get eight, nine assists a game. So he really has to be smart about picking his spots. Um, He's done that all year against Sam Houston State. He didn't have to pick his spots, really. It was his game to control. No Trendon, no head coach. It becomes much more important for your point guard to exert some leadership to determine you know, where the ball's going. Cam Thomas was a little bit off from the field. He did finish with incredibly 19 points. Even though he missed 12 shots from the field, the kid just, he just finds ways to score. But Javante was really in control of the game. He really got it going defensively with a couple steals early, getting easy layups, but he was attacking. He had a couple really nice finishes around the rim, which we know he can do. Uh, he knocked down his three-point shots. His shot selection, his decision-making has been so good this year, and he's he's just in control of the game. One of the measures that I always judge a player by when I watch them is how does the pace of the game affect them? Does, does it affect them? Does it mess them up? Do they look flustered? Or do they dictate it? Are they the ones affecting the pace of the game? And right now that's where Javante is. He is dictating the pace of every game. Even if he only gets three or four assists, he's really controlling things getting LSU where it needs to be offensively, figuring out when he needs to attack, being very, very excellent, late in shot clock situations, creating his own shot, getting to the rim, shooting the step back three. Uh, He's been quite incredible. Here is uh, Bill Armstrong talking about the impact that Javante had as a leader with Coach Wade out and and, uh, all the adversity that LSU was facing in this Monday game. Javante really rising to the occasion.
1: Uh, Javante packs the stat sheet at 25. We on 11 of 15, three for five, six rebounds, five assists, three steals. I mean, it, he couldn't have played any better. And you know, like I said, he he told me before the game. He looked me and I said, "Coach, I got you." And uh, that's what he went out and did. And uh, that's what you you love as a point from a point guard.
2: Anyone who knows Javante knows that he's not the most vocal guy in terms of being a being a you know rally rah-rah kind of guy he, he will talk a lot on the basketball court don't get me wrong he will talk a lot of trash on the basketball court we've seen that before um, that's where he shows most of his his leadership or has shown most of his leadership is kind of being that competitive energy guy in the game but he's starting to embrace that role away from the game and off the court and I thought Will Wade had a really interesting quote and I'll play it here about practices so with with uh, Coach Wade being out with, with his positive COVID test for the foreseeable future. I don't, I don't know when his exact date of return is. He's been watching practices on Zoom. And he said that, you know, imagine watching a basketball practice on Zoom, right? Like if, if anyone's got experience with Zoom, it's mostly like a, a face-to-face type of conversation. I can't imagine trying to watch a basketball practice on it. But he said that, you know, Coach Wade said as he's sitting there watching the Zoom, he can hear Javante's voice clearer than the rest.
0: Those leadership guys have to step up. I thought Javante was tremendous yesterday in practice. You could hear his voice. You know, I'm on Zoom, so I can't – I can see the court, but I can't – I mean, I'm on Zoom, and I can – have a good idea what's going on. But you could – I mean, you could hear Javante's voice. You could hear Jalen Cook's voice. And, you know, those two guys both both played well for us today. But the leadership group, Javante Days, they did a great job. I know Trendon was over there coaching on the bench. We I talked to him last night and this morning about – helping us out on the bench and helping us out coaching wise. So I thought he did a, did a nice job as well, but yeah, it speaks to, you know, we, we have some, we have some good internal fiber and and leadership and pays off in situations like this.
2: So you heard in that clip, will allude to something that coach Armstrong spoke about as well. And it was really the first thing he said on his post game press conference. And this is something we talked about in a previous episode of boot up. It's this idea of upstream thinking. It's this idea of the reconstruction of the program and the leadership model and the structure of the program that Will Way talked about on that podcast. And in fact, in the in the Zoom podcast that we did that you'll hear after this, he spoke about it again at length. But part of the restructuring was to influence and increase the amount of upstream thinking that LSU was doing. It was designed to preempt any problems. That arise during the season. And this was the perfect test of that system, right? This is a problem that LSU could have foreseen, you know, a coach getting a positive test or whatever. But at the 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 timing of it and the nature of it, you can't predict a week before a game that your coach isn't gonna be there. And because of the structure that LSU has in place, they were able to deal with it. Will Wade had set up enough to where Bill Armstrong could step in, and he had the trust in Bill Armstrong. To step in and Bill Armstrong was able to step in and kind of carry things forward. And Javante was able to increase his leadership a little bit. And Trendon was able to coach from the bench a leadership. And so it wasn't a, a moment of panic because, oh no, our coach is out for the game. What do we do? It's hey, we have a system in place where if the coach has to miss a game, if the star player in Trendon Watford has to miss a game, if this thing happens or that thing's happen that thing happens, we have an answer to it because we've thought about this. We've thought about it ahead of time. We've preempted the problem. We've thought upstream, and we have a solution at hand. Here's Bill Armstrong talking about that culture that Will Wade has put in place for this season.
1: You know, I just like to, to speak on our team and our guys, and and just the the culture of the program that Coach Wade is, uh, you know, put in to be where we can operate under these circumstances, you know, and all of that goes to, to coach and in uh, the culture that he's created for all of us to be able to just step in and, and do our jobs uh, under these circumstances. And, and, you know, everybody from the managers, to the players, to the staff that is here, um, you know, that's a testament to, to coach's culture and the program. And-
2: I didn't even mention the funniest problem of all that emerged as it relates to this game. And just for a little context, Bill Armstrong is not the most vocal guy. He is very calm. He is very steady. He is um, much more likely to put his arm around a player's shoulder and give them words of comfort or constructive criticism than to get up in their face and scream. He's just not a screamer. But with Will Wade out, and I think we it's safe to say we all think and, and know that Will Wade is a bit of a screamer, Um, there was the need for Bill Armstrong to be more vocal in this game. Unfortunately, he lost his voice because he's not used to screaming all game. And so that was another problem that he couldn't have foreseen. But, hey, upstream thinking saves the day once again.
1: Everybody from our freshman manager to – our players to all the support staff. We all had to step up in our role, you know, and, and everybody did a great job. About six, minute, well, about six minutes ago in the first half, I lost my voice. I'm not used to yelling uh, that much. And uh, my voice went and I had a couple guys on the bench. I was like, you guys call it out and tried to, you know, get a couple cough drops and see if I could get it back. Sometimes it came back, sometimes it wasn't, but I couldn't have done it uh, without any of these guys, you know, they all were there and, and what can I do? How can I help? And they've been that way since Friday. And Uh, you know, and then, like I said, our guys, uh, you know, Darius and Javante and Trendon, are leaders and, and Trendon being out, those two really stepped up in their leadership role. The
2: last thing I want to talk about from the Sam Houston state game, and then we'll move on to, uh, to the podcast interview that we did with Will Wade for season ticket holders was the debut of Josh LeBlanc. And you heard him in the intro of the show, um, talking about getting back on the floor for the first time in a year. Just a quick background, if you don't know, Josh LeBlanc, was a. He's from Baton Rouge, went to Georgetown out of high school, transferred to LSU last year around this time, and sat out for a year because of transfer rules. He's now eligible. This was the first game he was eligible, and we've heard a little bit of hype from Coach Wade, especially last year when Josh was playing on the scout team about the fact that he's the best defensive player that Coach Wade has had since he's been at LSU. That he's a guy who can come in and play, you know, the the four but guard positions one through five. That he can grab a bunch of rebounds for you that he can be efficient on offense without needing the ball a whole lot and it's one thing to hear those things in theory and another to see them in practice well against Sam Houston State we saw those things in practice and it wasn't long Joshua Blank only played 14 minutes but he finished with five points eight rebounds and was plus five in those 14 minutes and those stats do absolutely zero justice to just how impactful he was he was everywhere Um, defensively he was incredibly active he was getting his hand on balls constantly. He wasn't credited with a steal in the game, but he forced three or four turnovers with deflections by getting in passing lanes, by contesting shots. He was everywhere. He altered shots at the rim, even if he didn't get credited with a block. He was switching on pick and rolls and picking up point guards, and he was guarding five men in the post and contesting wings on the wing. Like he was just everywhere defensively, and he brought this real energy to the game when LSU needed it. And I talked about it in 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 previous contacts with Charles Manning. Uh, you're seeing a little bit with Jalen Cook as well, who, by the way, was very, very good offensively, uh, scored nine points in just 11 minutes off the bench for LSU. But Josh LeBlanc and, and, and those two guys in particular give LSU some real, legit defensive personnel. Mawani Wilkinson, too, he, he was uh, very, very active in the first half, especially with his hands and getting deflections and forcing turnovers. He, uh, I think he he got two credited with two steals on the game. I mean, he was really active at the top of the press. But you've now got some personnel defensively that you put them around super-efficient offensive players like Cam Thomas, Darius Days, Javante Smart, Trenton Watford, and you've got these guys that can sit down and guard and get stops. That's a difference maker for LSU. And they, they weren't great defensively the whole game against Sam Houston State, but a couple times they got into this gear defensively that last year's team did not have I mean that you could just tell there was something about LSU that they could hang their hat on defensively with the matchup zone with the switching man-to-man defense that switches basically one through five especially when Joshua Blanc's out there and with the the press that they they can tap into something and force 20 turnovers in a game which is something they they could not do last year in fact I can pull up the stats because that just occurred to me as I was sitting here. But if you look at last year's defensive turnover rate for LSU, it was very low. Now, the 2018-19 the team that made the Sweet 16, they were great at forcing turnovers. They were, let's see, they were sixth in the SEC, but they got a bunch of steals, right? They got a ton of steals. They were ninth nationally in steal percentage because Tremont Waters got a bunch of steals and Skyler May's got a bunch of steals. Well, last year's team didn't force any turnovers at all. They were 302nd nationally in defensive turnover percentage. This year's team is much improved. They're only 113th nationally uh, in turnover percentage, which is is not great, but it's a lot better than 302nd. And it just shows that that they have that defensive gear that they can get into. And Josh LeBlanc um, is going to improve that number tremendously. Um, Will Wade talked about, Josh LeBlanc after the game in length. He was asked about him uh, several times, and he had this quote in particular um, that, that stuck out to me as um, as really, really meaningful in, in terms of the impact that Josh LeBlanc can have for this
0: team. You can take some time off, and what he does, he's going to be able to do. He just is a, he's a junkyard dog. You junkyard dog, you're going to be a junkyard dog at 11 a.m. on Monday or 8 p.m. on Wednesday or, you know, 6 a.m. on, you know, when we're doing boot camp. That's just who he is and what he does.
2: I love that quote, junkyard dog. Uh, that's exactly what Josh LeBlanc brings to the table. Here's another soundbite from Owe talking about the deflections and the impact that Josh had on LSU's defense that maybe don't show up in the traditional box score.
0: Very, very uh, energetic and long and athletic. You know, he automatically makes our defense uh, improved and makes our defense uh, makes our defense better. So I um, thought he, you know, would do you have, eight rebounds in 14, 15 minutes today, something like that? So, uh, yeah, it's what, we, what we've seen. And, you know, him and Cook and Mwani, uh, I think we got 40 deflections today for, like, the second time in three years. And I think LeBlanc had 10 or 12 of them. I don't think that's a coincidence.
2: Just the second time in three years. You know Will Wade by now, I'm sure, if, you've, if you're if you listening to this podcast, um, they chart deflections every game. They have a manager or, or, a, or an assistant, a grad assistant that tracks – deflections every single game. So for just the second time in 30 years to get to 40 deflections uh, is pretty impressive. And Joshua Blanc, I mean, you heard him there. I, I, he he had so many, his hands were so active. He made such an impact. Here are two sound bites from Bill Armstrong uh, about Joshua Blanc and the impact that he had, the type of player that he is. Um, th- these stuck out in particular to me too, because um, it kind of shows you the mentality of a guy who's been out for a year. And I can relate to that. I had to sit out a year, When I was playing in college, it's awful. It's hard to stay engaged. Um, But when you are engaged, it makes you better not only as a player but as a person. And I hope that's what Josh LeBlanc has taken away from this. It certainly looked like that on Saturday. uh, Excuse me, Monday. My goodness, that's how weird that game was and where my head is right now on Monday. And uh, I really enjoy these quotes from Bill Armstrong on the impact and the mentality of Josh LeBlanc.
1: That's what he brings to the team you know just his length and you see him at 6'7 sitting down and guarding like he's 5'7 and getting in a stance and guarding all five positions and he's just so active and then to be Active is one thing, but for him to be as active as he is without fouling is another, and he just got a knack for it, and he loves it. That's the biggest thing is that's how he knows he impacts the game, and that's what he wants to do, and he embraces that role uh, on a daily basis, and uh, you saw what what it can really do for us down the stretch. I thought he did a great job. He told me basically, Coach, this is my first game in an LSU uniform. I just want to get in the game. If I get in for one minute, uh, that's great. Uh, whatever I play after that, uh, I'll appreciate and. Put him in. I thought he earned minute after minute after minute and really helped us pull away with his defensive intensity down the stretch.
2: As a player for me, the best type of player to play with was that guy who was a junkyard dog that didn't need the ball, didn't didn't look for the ball on offense, could do something with it in his hands, but Blount can, made a couple nice passes. I think that's something he's got in his locker. He can create some offense for himself. But a guy who just is there to do the dirty work, to get the rebounds, to get the deflections, to play defense, to get the putback dunks. Those are the best guys to play with because it frees you up as a player to do so much more. And I think Josh Blanc is a guy that makes everyone around him better without, you know, he could have 0 points and 2 rebounds and a steal and his impact will transcend the box score on so many nights. Here's one soundbite from Josh Blanc uh, that I really enjoyed as well, uh, and then I'll transition to my conversation with Will Wade.
0: Stepping in it was amazing. Uh, I had butterflies at first but you know it was a good feeling just getting back on the court and playing the game I love. Um, regardless if we have fans or not I'm going to always be the same energy guy. Like this is me. That's how I like to play. I like to express
2: myself on the court so that ain't changing fans or not. The good news is the next time he plays fans will be in the building and they will see him. In person, And I can only imagine uh, the type of energy not only he's going to draw from the fans, but that he's going to generate for the fans uh, because just sitting up there in press row by myself, I was uh, I was energized by the performance of Joshua Blanc. So exciting stuff for LSU back in action, like I said, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. against UNO, and then Saturday again at 11 a.m. against North Texas before a Tuesday date with VCU. Hopefully Coach Wade is back by then. I don't know the timetable. I would guess just kind of doing some math in my head that he should be um, – able to coach in that game that VCU game which I know would uh, he, he wouldn't admit that it's important to him and he may not even think that it's important to him because of just the mindset he has but uh, at least for me from a storyline perspective it's it's important coach going against his old team that's uh, that's exciting but before we get there two more games and uh, LSU's got some work to do to keep improving uh, stay on track before SEC play starts which it starts two weeks from today Tuesday as I'm recording LSU plays Texas A&M so it's right around the corner uh, with all that said I'm now going to transition to uh, the conversation that I had with Will Wade. This took place, what was it, last Thursday, I guess, with season ticket holders. You're going to hear some questions from them, and Will uh, kind of kind of yucking it up with them in the way that only he can. But good insight into the program, good kind of behind-the-scenes stuff on some big-picture topics, um, but also some things looking forward with this team as well. So without further ado, here is that live podcast taping with LSU Head Basketball Coach Will Wade. everyone for being here today uh as we test out this experimental episode of boot up the lsu basketball podcast um this is for for ticket holders and and some folks who um typically would be in the pmac or um in in a normal season would be in the stands every game and maybe for whatever reason this year because all the the stuff we're dealing with it's a little bit different so uh, we appreciate y'all participating today and supporting the program as always. Before we get started, I wanted to give a big thanks to People's Health for sponsoring this episode of Boot Up. Did you miss Medicare's annual enrollment deadline? You may still be able to enroll in a People's Health plan. Find out if you're eligible for a special enrollment period. Visit peopleshealth.com to find a plan that's right for you. People's Health, the official healthcare provider of LSU Athletics and presenting partner of this episode of Boot Up. Will, was that like as good as Chris Blair? Was that on par with his ability to read? You're pretty good.
0: You're pretty okay. good. Chris, Chris is Chris is good. That was, that was nice. It was good, we, good. We've
2: made yeah, we've made history. That's the first ad read in the history of Boot Up. So it's it's an important day for us. We're making uh, progress. <laughs> all right, I want to start. Um, I know all the attention right now is on first four games and um, and, and kind of moving forward as you guys gear up for conference play over the next month. Um, I want to I want to zoom back though, and, and I want to go back to one of the last times that you and I did a zoom. Um, I think it was like around signing day, maybe it was somewhere in that quarantine period where we we're all at home and, and I got you on the phone uh, late at night, one day, I, I know that, that may and June in a typical year, which this has not been, is kind of when you do your, your research or travel, you start gathering ideas. Um, a couple, a couple of press conferences ago, you talked about some of the offseason changes y'all made to the structure of the program. Um, you talked about upstream thinking versus downstream thinking, which kind of clicked with me. I, re- I really enjoyed that. Can you um, could you kind of zoom back to that time period? How it how it was different for you um, this offseason as you kind of gathered that that research that you typically do, Will, and um, and how you applied it to this year. Some of the things you learned and
0: that you've applied to the the structure of the program this year. Yeah, I mean, the COVID's been bad in a lot of ways. Obviously, with with, with everything going on, but it allowed us to step back. We needed, I mean. We were leaking oil at the end of last year. We were just trying to get to the get to the finish line, and I did feel like we had a really good draw in the SEC tournament, which was going to give us a chance maybe to catch our second win. I thought we had a chance to win it, just in terms of we couldn't have drawn it up much better. We had plenty of rest. We weren't going to play till Friday night at 8:30. Um, we fell on the right side of the we fell on the right side of the of of, of the bracket with with teams. I felt like we could. Uh, uh we we could beat but we, we we weren't uh we weren't the the best team that we could be we had some we had some some issues and I knew you know I knew and you know I knew when we left Spain we had some stuff we had to get fixed and then certainly I knew by Christmas that we had some major issues that that need to get fixed and so I I'd started poking around before the before um before the the pandemic hit just to talk to some folks and try to get an idea of how we can uh, how, how we could change things. And um, really, Joel Fish, um, our sports psychologist who works with our team, he's out of Philadelphia, also works with the Philadelphia 76ers and Detroit Pistons. He gave me some contacts in the NBA to reach out to. He gave me some of their best practices uh, from when they've been going through some some draft work. Um, I talked to a bunch of agents. I talked to our players and just kind of came up with a plan really. You know our basketball stuff is 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 pretty solid. We changed the defensive philosophy. I thought we hadn't had a great defensive philosophy, and we needed one, so we changed that up. We changed that up a little bit. But I thought more importantly than the X's and O's and, and all that was 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 shifting um, some of the leadership and shifting some of the the, the responsibility um, within our program. I thought it would help our program. I thought it would help our players, and and it and it really really. Has I thought yesterday was a great example. Everybody knows we're in a in a weird situation right now, but uh, by having the leadership group, having our having our leadership uh, team, you know, having Trendon and Javante and Darius down there on the floor, they really were able to to lead practice. They were vocal, uh, and they they allowed us to have a very very good practice. That's something that couldn't have happened. Last year, if I was out of the equation, everything would have just it it would have been it would have been pretty tough. So um, I I thought that uh, I thought that, uh, you know, yesterday was a was a very, very um, good example of of um, of that leadership and and how we made the changes uh, in the in the offseason. You hit on the upstream versus downstream thinking downstream is where you're reacting all the time. Upstream is where you try to be proactive and you can't really measure uh, upstream thinking, but I I know it saved us a bunch, a bunch of time this year, just hitting things head on, hitting things immediately and and really doing a nice job. My staff's done a tremendous, tremendous job with that.
2: Uh, we got a bunch of questions in the, in the chat. I'm gonna get to those in a second. I want to, um, kind of work our way to, to, to present day. Um, how, how different is the personality of this team? Will? cause every team's different, whether it's at VCU, whether it's at LSU, um, this, this group, as you've said, you've, you've, designated some leadership to them. But from a personality makeup, um, h- how different are they from the previous teams you've had here?
0: Well, I mean, I don't mean this as a knock on last. I mean, they're a lot more enjoyable to be around. I enjoy being around them. I enjoy going to practice. I enjoy um, spending time uh, with them. And I think they're having, they're having a, a, a much better time as well. Now, we're not running, you know, we're not running a, a YMCA camp, but but it's, uh, you know, I think, I think they're, they're um, much more uh, engaged with the staff. The best way I can put it is it's all of us together. It's not us versus them and the coaches versus it. it's the, it's, it's, it's all of LSU. It's all of us. It's, it's all of us together, which, um, you know, we, we were all working together last year, but not at the level, uh, not at the level, not at the level that we, that we are right now. And I think it's going to, Really, really help us. It's like I told our guys yesterday as well. You know, every team's going to go through these pauses and these situations. It's going to be the teams that handle this the best that uh, that have the best opportunity uh, that have the best opportunity to uh, to to win and, and and win championships. And so, I think because of those off season changes, we've typically done more basketball stuff. But because of it being more off the court stuff, I think it's helped us even more this season. All
2: right, I'll get to the uh, the first question from one of our participants um i hit answer live i don't know if anyone else can actually see this but me um but will i'll, I'll read the question to you it's from joe gravel he said well i want to ask about depth and oh rotation. god
0: oh gravel <laughs> winsboro louisiana's final uh finest here was he gonna uh, ask j- about ken palm Was he got no no
2: ken palm, no uh, ken he, palm. Said, okay. he said "Will, i want to ask about depth and rotation Obviously, lots of talent. Are you still experimenting with the rotation, both starting and bench? How many do you plan on utilizing in league play, assuming no major foul trouble?
0: Good question, as always, from from Joe. Um, you know, Joe comes to every. You know, he comes to every home game now. From from Winsboro, um, he had, he's had a couple accidents. He hit, hit an animal on the way home the other night, so <laughs> a little rough go of it. Twenty twenty, but he's up. Joe is a awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, fan and supporter and uh, but anyway you know my perfect rotation is nine guys Um, I I think if you play you're starting five you have two guards a big and a hybrid kind of a three four I think that's that's about a perfect rotation with this year's team it's gonna be hard to get to nine we're gonna play somewhere between nine and ten and the tenth player will either be a guard or one of the big centers uh, depending on the game and depending on what we need to need to do and I am still feeling it out. That's why we're, you know, putting guys in at different spots when we're up big and and and, and trying to trying to figure out where everybody uh trying to figure out where everybody uh everybody fits best. So it's um, it's it's going to be, you know, an experiment for the next couple couple of weeks still till we till we get everything uh, till we get everything down, but once we get that rotation, we'll have good rhythm, we'll have good chemistry and, you know, we'll just we'll be able to to get rolling from there, but we're still we are still Uh, looking at a lot of different things right now
2: kind of kind of tied to this Jerry Shea asked who are you counting on to come off the bench who can kind of give you all that punch coming off the bench I know you're still tinkering with the rotation so it could differ from uh, from game to game but but who kind of gives you all that energy off the bench right now
0: Good deal. Hopefully, hopefully, Jerry's going to have a, a, a good lunch down there in New Iberia at the cafe he took me to last time I was down there. The Cafe de uh, Soleil or something like that. It's a tremendous place if you're down in New Iberia where uh, where Jerry's from. But um, And everybody needs a pair of shoes like Jerry's. Have you seen Jerry's shoes, Cody? No. Uh, You've
2: seen no, I'm a shoe guy. They have
0: LSU and bordered in them. They're unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievable. Nice. I got my purple and gold uh, Nikes on right now, too. Well, no, no, these are dress shoes. These are dress shoes. Yeah. Mine are are dress shoes. Wears them, wears them well, but uh, yeah, we're still, we're still trying to uh, still trying to, to, to figure out the bench. And, and, um, you know, really off the bench, you want guys that are going to be value added. And so you want guys that are going to bring energy. You want guys that are going to bring things that maybe you don't have uh, in your starting, uh, in in your starting lineup. And so, uh, you know, we've we've settled into a good rotation having Sharif come in as the first big we've had Gaines really come in as the first guard now with Manning back and we had him on a minutes restriction the other night that'll slowly that'll slowly get uh that that that'll slowly get lifted as we as we as we move forward here but um it's uh it's uh um, you know it's it's going to be a work in, in 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 progress but i really like the book up the bench defensively i think he does a great job for us. Defensively off the bench, Josh LeBlanc can bring stuff for us when 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 he's ready to go, and and so you know we've we've got a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of good options. It's a lot better than last year. We looked down the bench and you ain't got very many good options. So um, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good problem to have. The assistants last year used to always tell me, Coach, we got to get Skyler a rest. We got I, I say, guys, <laughs> Skyler tired. So there anybody else we got that can go in. So um, so we just got to we just got to roll with uh, we just got to roll with Sky.
2: All right, I uh, hope I get you right your last name, right? Charles, Charles Spadale asked, um, about one of my, my favorite guys. So I've, I've been tooting this guy's horn for a long time since he got here. He said, coach, it appears that Darius days is considerably more aggressive on the boards. Is so that something the coaches have worked with him on, uh, this year? I mean, will you, I know what you think about Darius and, uh, I've, I've loved Darius since he first got here and just his talent, what he brings to the table, but you know, where is he at right now as a junior and his development?
0: Charles, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the question. I, you know, he he's made just tremendous strides, tremendous improvement. The best is is just with his body. You know, he's down to two thirty six right now. We weigh him every week. He was two thirty eight last week. Uh, he's 230, 236 right now, um, and so you know he's really uh, he's really done a done a nice job with his body, which has allowed him to stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. And um, you know, he's, he's he's worked hard on his shot uh, coming into the year. I mean, he he's taken. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're always talking with him about just being the most efficient player he can be and uh, making sure, you know, we, we, we made a uh, a concerted effort last game to throw the ball into him in the post early in the game. We got him going in the post. He uh, thought he got fouled on that first possession, but they called a travel. But we wanted to get, get him going inside, let him see the ball go in. He got fouled, saw a free throw go in. Then he nailed those three threes back to back to back. And so um, He's uh, he, he's really made strides. He's done a great job. You know, he he's a huge part of our defense. He has to be back there. He's, he's like a traffic cops when I say he can see everything and see everybody. He's got to get everybody matched and everybody communicated. And he's done a uh, he, he he's done a really, really nice job. Uh, Elliot Calvert asked, how will our Oh God. <laughs> Shreveport's finest. If you hey if you need to if you need uh 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 if you need uh sleeping material, if you need to if you need to sleep better, everybody needs to go see Elliot. You need to I'm a, see, better. you got to go see Elliot. I'm going to try hey. something.
2: Is is that is that Elliot? Did well, I pick the right better right Susan. <laughs> yeah, as, as we experiment, I, I saw this button that said allow to talk, so I clicked allow to talk.
0: Oh, I'll you like shouldn't have here. clicked it for those two. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm learning on the fly here. I'm they're a, the they're fly. a blast. They went to Jamaica with us last year. I don't know if anybody had more fun in Jamaica. <laughs>
2: hey, what happens there stays there?
0: That's right, Elliot. <laughs> if if y'all want to ask your question,
2: uh, what's your, your question? In mind, go for it. Well, I was just wondering what what's going to be the
0: difference in our defensive approach this year versus last year. Also, can we look to see number three get more playing time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cook's gonna Cook's gonna play more for sure. He played really really well last game, and he and he uh, and he heats the ball up and, and and does a does a really really good job uh guarding the ball he he got to the basket he's two for two from threes. made two ten toes to the rim step in threes which are the shots that we need him uh which are the shots that we need him to hit so he's been uh he's been uh he's been really really good and you know the defensive philosophy we're continuing to evolve we've we've changed our defenses up uh we played one defense to to most of the first half against louisiana tech and then we changed it up after halftime because we knew they were going to run some things that um um, that we wanted to kind of mess with them with. So we, we, we changed our defenses a little bit more in the second half and we're going to continue to, to evolve. We've got a couple more versions of the press, a couple more versions of our half court defense that we can, uh, um, that we can, uh, that we can use. And so we're going to, we're going to certainly uh, certainly uh, continue to use those and, and try to continue to get better defensively. But our first shot defense has been great. We just got to rebound the ball. Um, that that That's, that's important. And then, you know our whole our whole philosophy defensively is based on on uh, on keeping people out of the paint we don't want you to take paint touch threes or paint touch shots and you know like in transition this year when teams have touched the paint, they're three of six from three in transition. When they haven't touched the paint, they're four of 14. So that's the difference between 50% and 29%. And then in the half court teams are 12 of 28 on paint touch threes, which is 43%. But on non-paint touch threes, they're 16 of 66, which is 24%. So the good news is we're almost triple the amount of non-paint touch threes as paint touch threes. So we've got to just continue to really get out there and, and, and test threes and gotta, uh, to uh, try, try to make things happen, uh, you know, defensively within that, uh, within that uh, basic framework of what we're doing.
2: All right. I'm going to go to, um, let's see, Chris Blades. I'm going to go to Chris Blades for this question. Hey coach. How are you? Good, Chris. How are you, man? Yeah, good, good. Been a uh, fan for a long, long time going back to coach Brady's days, but uh, I actually jumped on my group text yesterday to ask uh, if they had any questions and the, uh, the most prominent one was about the dunking tiger logo and <laughs> kind of seeing that prominently, uh, you know, in merchandising or even on uniforms and the PMAC, that, that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I can say this, my, uh, Cody's laughing because we had a conversation <laughs> about this in our boot up TV meeting the other day. Um, my staff and I mainly Nelson Hernandez, my director of operations who does, um, all of our gear and he handles all the, all that sort of stuff. And he's just got a, a great eye and a great talent for that sort of thing. I, I know nothing about gear. That's not really my, my, uh, my Bailey wick, but um, we love the dunking tiger. We have a little bit issues with some of the licensing issues with it. There's a lot of, uh, but we, we would use it on just about everything. Our players like it. We like it. I was actually wearing it the other day when we met with Cody and Cody tried to steal the pullover top from me uh (laughs) we'll be right back i'm gonna go look in the locker room he's gonna (laughs) go look in the coach's locker room to see if it's still in there it's not we may we may break it out for a game cody i'm still i'm still it's it's sharp
2: man it's sharp it looks good
0: but um yeah we we like that logo i think it it uh relates back to a great part of our our basketball history and kind of you know from what i understand this isn't my deal but um you know, old is old is in now. So like some of the older stuff is in and I know our players really like it and our recruits really like it. So that that's good enough. Uh, that, that's good enough for me, but yeah, we, we, we want to continue to uh, um, to use that and, and feature that prominently with our program. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate y'all support. alls
2: right. Uh, this one was from Joel Sanchez. I don't see Joel on the um, in the attendees anymore. So you may have to tap out, but. Um, interesting question. How are players handling having someone like Shaq who I assume will be around a good bit this season? He was at the the home game the other night, the first home game. I saw him down there. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different dynamic, right? Having a superstar like that in the gym, but, um, he, he certainly as, as, uh, at least from my perspective, as big of a personality as he is, he's definitely not trying to draw attention to himself right now.
0: No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really remarkable. He's come to, he's been around, um, uh, he was in town um, filming some commercials and stuff and was around for about a week and came to practice, and he, he spoke to our team and that sort of thing uh, a couple times. But, uh, I mean, he's very, he's very uh, unassuming when he's around basketball-wise. And, shoot, I've asked him some basketball questions and he won't even answer. He's like, Coach, that's on you. I don't, I don't even answer. But i tell you this, yeah. he's done – him and Shawnee have done just a phenomenal job with Sharif. Um, they don't they don't come any better than him and like you said he's just very unassuming and very uh, very low-key when it comes to the to the uh, to the basketball part but make no mistake he's extremely supportive he's watching he's following he texts uh, he lets us know uh, what's going uh, what's going on he was he was going to come to our game this weekend in Atlanta um, if we'd have we'd ended up at the in the game in Atlanta and he's going to going to be around but I think I think it it really you know, doesn't do anything but help our program uh, to have him around and to have him involved and have him active uh, within the program. I think it's a it's a big plus for us.
2: Uh, Lane, I'm gonna go to you for one of the questions that you submitted. You can unmute yourself and ask. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yep. You sound good. Hey, good. Hey, I I actually I saw Shaq giving some advice to the big man from Southeastern I thought was uh, really cool of him that first game. But Coach, my question is with the limited attendance, how do you, the team plays with such high energy and I love how they started the year and and I just, I love body language and energy and obviously yours is some of the best, Um, but how do you keep the team up during the game, you know, when, when the crowd can't get behind them and, and, you know, it's just, it's just sort of quiet. It's a good question, Lane. It's been too quiet. I hear some y'all can hear my huddles a little bit. So it's been a little <laughs> bit, been a little bit, uh, been a little bit too quiet uh, in there. But I mean, it's you know, it's 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 certainly different. I think last game they added some of the noise that they're gonna. They've been messing around with that for some of the white noise that the SEC is asking us to use. But you know, you've got you've got to generate your own your own energy. Um, you know, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Our guys generally love and care for each other. And it's like I told him, we've got limited opportunities. we got to take advantage of every opportunity. We talk about being the most excited team. I think the most excited, enthusiastic team is worth six to eight points a game. If you're fired up and ready to go and not having to slog through things, I think that's worth six to eight points a game. And so we always want to make sure that we're taking advantage of those six to eight points. But we also have incredible staff members who get us going. Greg Golden, my strength coach. Vernon Hamilton, our assistant to the head coach, Tyrone and LeBrent, who do video and coordinate. You know, we just have Coach Nickelberry's got great energy to him. Tasman you know, we've got a lot of people that have really, really good energy to them that uh, that, that help us uh, help us get going. But it's certainly um, it's certainly an adjustment. It's certainly uh, very, very um, different. But, hey, it's the new normal. We're just happy to be out there playing and flying around and we're going to uh, we're going to keep doing it as best we can.
2: We'll probably wrap this thing up in the next 10-15 minutes here. Um, there's a couple more questions that I want to get to from from fans. Well, I wanted to ask you one. Um, I, I know you're a you're big on routine, right? You prioritize routine. That's that's big in everything you do. Um, how have you used that and and um, tried to stick to your your routines? And I mean this both personally and professionally, in a season like this where it's very very hard to schedule things out and plan things out and you're constantly adapting. How do you kind of balance those two factors?
0: Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been different. You know, we always like to say we're not superstitious. We're routine oriented. So we are very, we do everything pretty much the same way every day. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been different, but we've, you know, you've, you've got to adjust within your, uh, routine. You've got to, you've got to change things up, but we've tried to stick to the same. I think what you do is, and this is what part of what I did, before the season, when I realized that, you know, things are going to be quite a bit different is, you know, boil it down to what are the most important parts of our routine and let's just stick to those parts. And so, yeah, we've had to change. Uh, we've had to change some things up with how we scout. Uh, we've had to change some things up with, you know, how we go about things the night before games. But what can we change that will allow us to have a better chance to play, but not shortcut us with our preparation and shortcut us with giving us the opportunity to win. And so we've really, it's been good. You kind of trim some of the fat you trim, you know, maybe we did a little bit too much here and we're a little bit too involved on this. Um, You know, we, we show the way we scout, I've I've kind of combined a couple of them I've taken over part of the scouting. So it can be a little bit, a little bit quicker, a little bit brisker, uh, through it, and so I, I think we've we've uh, we've learned on the fly. We've done a we've done a um, uh, done a done a, done a good job of just boiling it down to what's really really uh, important. What are the most important things? You know, you can don't mistake, you know, activity for achievement. So just because we were doing all this stuff, what how much of it really really helped? And so. You know, I asked the players. I asked my leadership group. Hey, what's some stuff we can cut out? What's some stuff y'all think is just frivolous and we can just cut out? And they had some good ideas, and we've 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 done that. And we've we've really stuck with the with the main um, with the main things that um, that help us prepare and help us win and help us on a day to day basis.
2: Okay, uh, back to the fan questions. Our camp our camp was asking about the bigs um, when the bigs LeBlanc and Penn become eligible. I know Penn is is uh, eligible already, but Uh, waiting on the block um, to, to, to make his debut. Do you plan on running the same tempo you've seen, we've seen so far this season? Also any plans for adding more games to the schedule?
0: Well, right now our schedule is full. We can only play 27 games. If we played every game from here on out, we'd play, we'd play 27. Now that's obviously going to change and we've got to be nimble with that and have options if we want to, if games get canceled or, or, or things happen. So, We're still, I'd say that's, that's more of a work in progress. You know, yeah, we, we plan on playing the same way. The one thing that's a little bit difficult is when we play pin or we play gray, it changes up our zone a little bit. It changes up what we do offensively a little bit. We can't play our five out stuff. We can't run to run our power game up. So, it's uh, it's a little, you know, LeBlanc just kind of fits in. He can sub just like Sharif does for Trendon or, or Darius, and and we get the same type of thing. Maybe not the outside shooting, but some of the other stuff. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a little bit, yeah. You do have to, we do have to change our style of play. Our ball screen coverage becomes different, becomes a lot harder on our guards when we have those two big guys in. So it really becomes a risk reward. What we get in rim protection. You know, do we give that up with ball screen coverage? Do we give that up with our offense being bogged down and having somebody at the rim who we've got to drive around? So it's really going to be based, you know, game to game. And, um, but certainly with LeBlanc, we can play the same with LeBlanc. We can play the same way with, with Penn and Gray. We do have to change what we do and change how we do things.
2: Well, as you were talking, I, I thought about something that um I was on with Jordy and T Bob yesterday and they were asking me some questions. Asked I, was about, on, I was
0: on with them today.
2: There you go. They the, you know, they uh I was I was your opening act and, and your you closing go. act. Um they asked me about Trendon and I kinda I hadn't thought about it before, but the way they phrased the question made me think about it. it seems like Trendon just has a lot more space to operate this year. I know he's he's improved um, and he worked hard to improve. Do you feel like him playing more of a four this year is kind of freed up some of that space for him. They,
0: they must have recycled that question to me today they asked yeah, that's, a little that's, bit that's something
2: they would do that's they asked they it would a little do.
0: bit differently but it was pretty much the same uh recycled question I do think playing him at the force helped I mean I told him this he's a heck of a playmaker and my dumb ass didn't use him right last year I didn't use him how we needed to use him last year he could have done some of the same things last year and I was just a little bit gun shy to do it I didn't I didn't put him in the right positions but our spacing certainly helped I mean as a defense, you're in a real predicament when you've got Trendon Watford driving down the right seam and you've got Cam Thomas in the right corner. I mean, you're either going to give up a layup or a three. It's just basically, which one do you want to give up? Um, and that's just as simplistic a basketball as you can as you can play. And, and and we do that quite a bit where we've got Trendon driving and it's just a matter of if they help in, he's going to sit down off two feet and kick it to Cam. And, you know, now teams are staying on Cam in the corner and they're rotating from the inside, and he's got to throw it back. But he has all those reads and all those plays in his game. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, playmaker, and I think everybody's uh, everybody's seeing that now.
2: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna speed read through a couple of questions because some of them. What are you questions,
0: laughing at, Cody? Uh, there's some listen.
2: good there's some good comments and qu- there, some of them are more comments and questions. So okay. I'm gonna speed read through them, and then you can react uh, as you as you will. Brad said on the uniform theme, we need to wear the gold uniforms more at home.
0: Well, um, I, I'll say this: our record in those gold uniforms is terrible. That's why we wore them for Northwestern State last year, so we could win a damn game in them. We were gonna actually wear them against Southeastern this year, but they're still. We have to get these uh, things sewn into them for connection, so they were still at the at the seamstress, whoever they go to. I don't know who they go to. They were still there, but we were gonna wear them for Southeastern, but we may have to break those out. I'll, I'll get with Nelly on that. We may have to break those out. Our guys like them. I know that.
2: Suzette wanted to know if she comes down for a game, can she sit with Lauren and Caroline?
0: Yeah, she sits with them every game. So yeah, t- tell Elliot and Suzette they need to get down. They need to get down for a game.
2: Uh, Charles Spidale had asked, is fun to watch. Care to comment?" Um, the the fun play that he too. yeah the play that he made the other day where he jumped up and like grabbed the ball. From the, the guy attacking the yeah, rim in the air I had to
0: get with Kent to figure out what the official scoring was on that. What, it is, what was it? I'm curious. It was actually a steal and a turnover. Okay. I, 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 thought didn't, I didn't know it was a block. block. Yeah. I didn't know, but Kent, Kent, Kent had it. He was on it. We asked that at the radio show. If you were listening to the radio show, Cody, we went through I, that. Well, I, I listened um, this morning. I caught I, up. I caught up. Okay. We went through that at the radio show. Uh, but, no, I, mean, I tell you, as good a play as we've seen, not, and nobody cares about this but me, but the the they set a ball screen and we got in our matchup. Javante switched onto the guy coming off the ball screen. Cam Thomas stunned and recovered to the wing, and stunted stunned and recovered for Cam Thomas, and they one more to the corner, and Mwani blocked the three. That's as good of a defensive possession. The ball never touched the paint. It went around the perimeter, and we blocked a three. And it was just totally Mwani's, um, uh, uh athleticism and just his his smarts, but. Dub's a, um, a, a great player, and, and he's going he's gonna to be really, really good for us for a long time.
2: Uh, this one's from me. What are you reading right now? I feel like I ask you that every time we talk, but what, do, what are you reading oh, right now?
0: I just, uh, I just finished a book about, uh, about poker and how you, uh, how, you, uh, <laughs> how you manipulate things based on poker. It's called this, Thinking and Bets. I got it right here, Cody. I'm now reading Leadership, Strategy, and Tactics right here. So how about that? I got, I got the books right here with
2: me. Got, that, that wasn't planted for, for everyone watching as, as smoothly as that was operated. That was not planned. Uh, I'm looking through the last couple of questions. I feel like a lot of these we've, we've kind of already addressed. Um, so I guess I'll start wrapping up with this. I'll ask you two more. One, I, I just have
0: What did Conville at? Is that Conville LeMoyne? I assume yeah, that's me, that. that is. Let me see.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let me. Um, yeah. Let good me, rotation
0: but, of nine players. Yeah. What, they got good leadership right on Conville's spot on as usual.
2: Yeah, he had he had mentioned Watford. Yeah, Watford smart in days. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you two that um, to kind of close out that one. I just haven't heard you
0: talk about him yet. To Steve's I question, no, we're not trying to have two people close out to a three point shooter. That's a that's a mis- <laughs> that's a miscommunication that was uh, um, addressed very. Uh, very spiritedly yesterday uh, in our film <laughs> session, even though I was up top and on a microphone, I think I got my point very clearly across. That one of them, we had two people close out; they missed the three, but Pemberton for 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 Latex, one of the best offensive rebounds in the country, and he flew in and just laid the ball in because we had a miscommunication. But no, we're not supposed to have two guys flying at three point shooters. Although uh, two it, is better than none. But yeah, no. A bear fifty
2: two said on the lighter side, I noticed coaches dressing more casual.
0: Yeah, I wish we, we're going to continue that through the rest of the year. I like, I like the casual look.
2: Uh, I see two more. I'll just, I'll just ask them. Uh, Joe Gravel asked, any chance we see Cam next year in an LSU uniform?
0: Oh uh, Well, uh, I assume there's a chance, but the way it's going right now, I would say no. And so that's a good <laughs> thing for all of us. But I tell you what now, this kid we signed, Brandon Murray, you know, you don't want to comp- – I mean, he's, he's the real deal. He's, he's very, very underrated. And um, I was talking to him last night. He was watching film of his game on Monday night, where he scored 20 some odd points and breaking his game down. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a really really good player. And, and Eric Gaines and Jalen Cook, like our backcourt's in really good, really really good hands. I think you'd have a, a better chance of seeing Charles Manning come back for a sixth year than than uh, than that. But you know, we'll see how the year plays out. But we certainly, you know, we certainly want Cam to be a lottery pick and and um, and be uh, be uh, be moving on to the NBA. You, you mentioned Murray. I was going to ask you about the,
2: the signing class. I think uh, Drell Colbert and Alex Fudge, are, the, are those the other two that have signed?
0: Yep, those all, all of those guys have signed and I actually was on FaceTime with Fudge before I jumped on here. He's got a game at 1 o'clock today in a Christmas tournament, so I'm going to try to, since we're off today from practice, i got to watch a little bit more Sam Houston film, f- finalize that. I'm going to try to watch Fudge play today at 1. It's online. So um, he's been um, he, he's, he's been playing really, really well and he's going to be here Uh, first part of January to, to get, uh, to get rolling with things. And Colbert's continuing to develop. He's, he's a big kid. So they develop a little bit later and develop a little bit on their own, own time. But uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's going to be a good player for us as well. He's, he he reminds me a lot of Cavell. Uh,
2: One more fan question, Chris uh, cramp again, hopefully I got your last name right, Chris. Um, I've allowed you to talk if you can unmute yourself And asked your question, you had asked about um, COVID and and surveying employees and surveying the players and staff. Basically, he had asked about, um, at his work, they had surveyed employees to see where they were in regards to everything going on. How how are you checking in with your players? And and I'll add a little bit to that, Will, because I've been thinking about this in, in a different regard, just with the mental health aspect and how challenging this has been for everyone, like in every aspect of Life and work and everything. Um, just what are you doing? I know you're very, very important. Uh, place a big priority on, you know, checking in with your players mentally and and working with Joel Fish and Greg Graber and those guys that you use. So, what, what are some of the things y'all are y'all are doing to just kind of keep up with those guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we're in constant communication. I'm in constant communication with the staff, and like you said, Joel and Greg and Bruce Bugs, um, they Bruce, ho- yeah. help help uh, form our high performance team and the mental aspect of what we do, and so. Uh, they've been doing weekly meetings with the guys on Zoom and, and on FaceTime to, you know, just check the pulse, check the temperature. We're in constant communication. My assistants talk to each of them's parents once a week. And so we're just in constant communication on everything, making sure that, you know, we're we're uh, we're on top of any issues and 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 um, very aware of everything that's going on with our players and, and in their lives. All right,
2: well, we'll get out on that note. Um, thanks, everyone, for, for attending, for asking questions, for interacting, for being patient as we kind of work through this process. We, we did record this, so we'll send it out um, to ticket holders at some point. I'll let Gabe kind of handle the logistics on that. I also want to thank People's Health for uh, presenting the show, first, first sponsored show of, of boot up. So um, See, you started up now that got sponsored, Cody, you should be fired up. We need to get the car sponsorship. Maybe they'll give me like a nice little give you a
0: BMW, lead. the ultimate driving machine like Blair has. I'm in the
2: market for a new car, but it's, uh, it ain't gonna be that nice. I'm just looking for something with a, with a trailer hitch that can, that can tow stuff. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. If anyone has any leads, let me know, but thank y'all so much for, uh, for joining today. Coach Wade, appreciate your time. I know you got work to do. So thanks for giving us, you know, 30, 40 minutes of your time.
0: Thanks so much. And we appreciate everybody jumping on. I thought this was good and we appreciate, um, uh... Appreciate everybody's uh, support this year and in support of our program. And so the best is the best stuff's uh around the corner. We're gonna keep getting better, keep moving forward. So we appreciate everybody. Where is Cody He's on vacation? State media takes vacation. You go to North Korea for vacation. Can you go to Pyongyang for vacation? Is that possible? Oh. No. Yeah, we got to check what we got to check for when Cody gets back from from North Korea.